It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What if nothing changes in the quarterback room? Who's it benefit for the Auburn Tigers? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy War Report Wednesday to all who celebrated. We are joined by Mike G of the War Report. You and I were talking after practice mm. earlier this week, and you brought up a very interesting question. If nothing changes in the quarterback room, right? Because the, the the growing assumption is more people will be added and probably some people are going to leave, right? I think I would be shocked if all three right. were still in the roster, TJ Finley, Robbie Ashford, and Holden Gurner. I think I'd be shocked if it was it, it went chalk and then just Hank Brown came in. I would be surprised by that. I think you would be too. If you're watching or listening, you probably would be as well. But if nothing changes, which that is an option, Mike G., and of course, the roster does have to, to to shed some dudes if they want to add more guys just based on scholarships of dudes coming in the summer. There's a lot that has to happen. But if the quarterback room stays the same, Mike G, it's an interesting conversation about who could potentially benefit from that. Because like the still the upside is all Robbie, but right now, as far as throwing the football, it looks like it's TJ. Yeah, listen, uh, TJ is uh, a quarter. He's a quarterback, man. He's been playing quarterback his whole life, and uh, he can. I mean, he can throw the ball. The issue with TJ has always been how practice translates to games. That's it. That's where we're at with TJ Finley. Yeah, uh, I think that he's been a guy who generally does and says everything that the coaches want. Right. And we've heard them and we've heard him in interviews, Zach. Uh, he's great. I think he says all the right things. It's just can't, that, will it translate to W's on Saturday? That's where TJ Finley is at. For Robbie, um, here's why I think that if nothing changes, Robbie has the advantage. Right. Uh, because he can run. And it's really just that simple. He's an is athlete. Is that it? Yeah. Is that and, it? And when things and when things break down, you've got a playmaker there who is pretty accurate throwing the ball at least down the field sure. and can make your run game dangerous. I think if the running backs eat with Robbie at quarter, yeah. quarterback a little bit more, if you got to play 11 on 11 and you, you know, you know, that read option becomes very dangerous with him and Jarquez Hunter. Um, I think you've got more options on offense with Robbie Ashford than you do with TJ Finley. And we still don't know how this, I mean, everybody's psyched about O-line, but we haven't seen it just yet. So, you know, depending on how they protect, TJ Finley needs that protection. Robbie Ashford can make things happen when things break down. So what if I said to you, the offensive line is going to be better mm-hmm. and the running game is going to be fine regardless of how mobile your quarterback is because Jarquez Hunter, Damari Austin, Batie coming in, Cobb coming in. I think the running back room is, is safe. I think we all agree on that. The question is how much space are they going to be given mm-hmm. due to their teammates in front of them? And I think the O-line looks night and day better. I think this is the best offensive line I've seen in Auburn in a while. In a while. Everybody's saying 2017. Before you see them play. Uh, they just, they're passing the eye test. I don't know okay. when the last time our O-lines passed the eye test. Probably 2017, right? right? And so I think that's a step 
in the right direction. I don't think they're going to be worse. They certainly could be. I don't think they will be, but they certainly could be. Mm-hmm. But what if it is better? And Hugh Freeze knows that, and they're going to be able to pass protect somewhat effectively. We've heard nothing but good things about Dylan Wade as a pass protector. Gunnar Britton, we've seen it as a left tackle in a pass-heavy offense in Western Kentucky. Moving to the right side, it should, in theory, be even a little bit easier. And then we'll see how the interior offensive line builds um, around those guys. But if it is better, and the quarterback is given time, could you make the argument that it's better for the passing quarterback because you're going to be able to run the ball because you've got a stable of backs that are able to do it? Sure, uh, I think so. And it's probably even better that this is a new coaching staff. But I will I will add this caveat, right? Um, in the scenario you just described, it's advantage TJ Finley. Uh, however, three out of the five interceptions that he threw, three or four out of the five interceptions that he threw and the first few games of last season were unforced errors. They were bad throws or bad reads or sure. call it what you want. Dude, like not a whole lot of pressure. I mean, there was one... Uh, against Penn State, where you can argue, you clearly he was under pressure when he threw the pick. Uh, but there were some questionable ones there as well too. When protection was good against lesser competition than that, yeah. So you know those those aren't things that can just be ignored, Zach. I, you know, improvement has to happen year over year. It doesn't matter if it's Robbie Ashford or T.J. Finley or even the new kid holding Garner or the young guy holding Garner. Um, they've got to improve, got to improve every practice. Right. Yeah. I, I think. I think the decision-making for all of them is going to be suspect. We don't know Holden's because we haven't really seen it. Mm-hmm. And then Hank's a true freshman. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. I don't, I don't think anybody's expecting him to come in and compete for the job. Okay. Maybe. But we'll see. Maybe. Um, but I think having Freeze, and this was the argument all along, right? Having Freeze's scheme is going to open guys up more. And probably the first read is going to work more than it did under Brian Harson. Just a guess, we're assuming, but historically that's certainly been the case for Hugh Freeze quarterbacks in Hugh Freeze systems. And I just think when you take some of the decision-making out of it, I think that's a point in TJ's favor opposed to Robbie. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree, but I also think you're going to run two very different systems depending on who the quarterback is. Um, So... I mean, you can't not use Robbie Ashford's legs. I think I just think if you decide you're going with him, they, they're going to have to prepare contingencies for these quarterbacks because their skill sets are so different, Zach. Like, I, I don't know how you send Robbie out there and ask him to do the same things that you would ask TJ to do or vice versa. Now, I mean, you want your quarterback to sit in the pocket some, but you Robbie Ashford's legs change the dynamic of this offense. And I just think in this day and age, when you have a dual-threat quarterback, a true dual threat quarterback, you have to take advantage of that at a requisite amount of times to create mismatches or you're doing yourself a disservice. I like Robbie. I like Robbie's legs and ability to move when it's more improv than designed. And I think, I think it's when he's more dangerous. I think that's when his really his deep, deep ball accuracy. I think it's when it comes into play. And with that in mind, like, I think you can run a normal offense and just when things break down, you say, okay, go do your thing, Robbie, and see see what happens. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. I mean, sure, there's going to be some stuff that you call with TJ that you can't with Robbie and vice versa, but I don't think I don't think the offense changes. I just think some of the calls may change, but I think you can go in there and ask Robbie to do a three-step drop and it's not there. 
and all of a sudden, you know, maybe he extends the play and, and, and does something cool. I think that's where Robbie has the best upside. I don't we think it's, I don't think it's within scheme. I think it's outside of it when he has to improvise. Uh yeah. I mean, if we're talking about passing the ball, but if we're talking about I think read I, option, I'm, I'm just talking about total impact on the football game. Okay, yeah. I you know, I think that his total impact on the football game is more about the mismatch that he he creates for defenses having to account for him with the football in his hands, no matter what. So whether it's a designed read option or if it's when the play breaks down, and I actually, I mean, where I'll disagree with you is I think that if you, if the line is good, if we're assuming that the line is good for both quarterbacks, let's I, assume the SEC, it's it's the sixth best offensive line in the SEC, middle of the pack. Better, yeah, they think quarterbacks Robbie Ashford. You know why? Is is because they were middle of the pack when Bo Nix was quarterback in pass protection. They were middle of the pack. They were they were giving up a 28% pressure rate, you know, uh, uh, when Bo was quarterback for most of the years that he was here, which was about sixth or seventh in the SEC. So, you know, I think it's advantage, Robbie. And, and we saw what Bo could make happen with his legs when things broke down. He carried the offense. So, again, if, if you got to – but he had to do it under Brian Harson and uh, under some really bad offensive lines – you know, under you know, in in Gus's last few years. So if we're assuming that the line is better and the scheme is better, then I I don't know, man. I, I like Robbie here. I like Robbie here, but I, I can make a case for TJ as well too. Um, it's my only thing with TJ is 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 what we see in practice going to translate to Saturdays, and I yeah. do think that he benefits from a better better pass protection. Yeah, no, there's a lot of concerns with both. I'm with you. I mean, I, I think. I think if there's questions about the offense, you want the guy that's the dual threat, uh, dual threat quarterback. So I'm with Zach, you. I'm Zach, with you for the most part. Real quick, Zach, uh, and because we were both out at practice, this is is Her does Holden Garrett or fall out of this race? I had high hopes for him going into the spring, but he looked so see, far behind the other two. He looks far crazy. behind. Okay, so we agree on that. Yeah, like I, I everything's like behind. a yard short, or it's like way outside. Like there's just not enough mustard on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I saw a lot of the dirt balls, high balls. I mean, he looked all over the place to me. Uh, and what we saw, I hate it for him. I'm genuinely crushed for him. Yeah, because you know, you know, he saw all this stuff where like you guys said it, we said it. I'm sure other shows said it. It's like this can be Holden's spring, and he's just not taking. I don't know if it's a pressure thing. Charlie Five yesterday mentioned, like, I wonder if there's something that he's battling with his shoulder. Like, his motion doesn't look broken at all. Like, it right. doesn't look like he's favoring a shoulder or anything like that. I don't know, but it's not working. It's not right. working so far. And there's right. a chance, you know, outside of our window, he's doing better, right? There's a chance of it. I've been, I'm not being told that, but there's certainly a chance of it. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not hearing that either. So, uh, I, I think what, what we saw matches up with what I've been hearing. I was just waiting to see it. And um, again, I mean, we're only what four practices in at yeah. this point, so there's still time to turn things around. But man, every every practice that passes, that window gets shorter and shorter. Yeah, no, and the gap between the top two and him has gotten wider every the single top, time. The top two who have significant time on the field, Zach, right? Which is which is another thing that kind of puts them behind. No, that's right. That's right. Okay, there's an offensive lineman, Mike G. You and I were talking about before we clicked record. Mm -hmm. that may be kind of stealing the show that's not a transfer. We discussed that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Mike G, you've talked about this before. You use FanDuel. Yeah. They have Auburn as a half-point dog against Iowa tomorrow. Half a point, so it's a push. Let's just call it what it is. It's a push. 
And look, a lot of people, the fact it's in Birmingham, mm-hmm. Iowa's a trendy team. I think Auburn can wear them down over the course of the game. We will mm-hmm. certainly see, especially with what's going to feel like a home court advantage. We think I like the Tigers plus half a point. Where are you in this? Where are you in this? What does your gut tell you, Mike G? Uh, my gut tells me Alan Flanagan hits the game-winning shot at the buzzer for a riveting first-round win for the Auburn Tigers. I love that. To send them I, to Saturday. Right? I love that. Let's okay. let's get some redemption uh, redemption going for for Al. Exactly. That'd be that'd be huge. Yeah. So you uh, get in on the action. Just go to fanduelcom slash on. They also have a, a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 for new customers. So that's bonus bets if that first bet doesn't hit. Once again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA, the NFL, and the Locked On Podcast Network. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mike G. Tate Johnson was a guy going in the spring that I gave zero shot. In fact, if you would have made me make a list of 10 guys that would be most likely to transfer after spring, I probably would have put Tate Johnson on there, Mike G. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I don't get it. And then we go out there for the first open window, and he's moved to left guard. And I'm like, he's just a placeholder till Jeremiah Wright gets healthy. And they're going to put Jeremiah Wright there. Camp Suss is going to be the other guard. But what we saw earlier in the week is, okay, Jeremiah Wright's back. He's at left guard. And then Tate Johnson got moved to right guard, which tells me they just want him on the field. And then you, you you brought this up, and I'll let you allude to it, but Hugh Freeze talking very highly about Tate Johnson. Good for him, man. Good for that kid. Uh, yeah, I just think that, well, amazingly, right, we've got through a whole press conference and nobody asked about the offensive line. I was like, is this happening? Am I going to get to ask about this? And so I asked Hugh Freeze, hey, man, what's going on with this O-line? People are going to be watching this this year, uh, especially with, What's going on at quarterback? People want to know if the quarterbacks are going to have protection. Tell us what's going on. Um, He described that group, Zach, as a group that you can count on to bring it every practice. Every day, the O-line is bringing the funk, the heat, the juice, whatever gets you going. They're bringing it in the O-line room, according to Hugh Freeze. Now, he's bringing the Johnson, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Tate's bringing the Johnson. Yeah, man. They're bringing the hit sticks every day. Uh, in that in that position group. Now, then he went on to name a few guys, but you know, at the end of his whole thing, his diatribe about the offensive line, he brought up Tate Johnson, and he talked about him as a guy who really is embracing what they're trying to do. Mm. He emulates that every day, and mm. he is a guy who takes pride in the A and the U on his chest, man. I don't know I if it. you could get a more ringing endorsement from a coach. And, he, you know, when I asked him, I elaborate, hey, would you say he's a standout? And, he, you know, I I think that he said what he was supposed to say because you're not going to say some guys ahead of any other guy right now. But the fact that he mentions his name in this way tells me that Hugh Freeze thinks he has the intangibles that he needs, maybe mentally mm-hmm. and from a leadership standpoint, to be a guy that you want on the field 
you know, uh, being a general on that offensive line. So, uh, yeah, Tate Johnson, man, uh, it's it's proof. Spring matters. You can make moves yeah. in the spring. Spring matters. And, and people think, you know, even though Hugh Freeze kind of said, well, we're not narrowing anything down in the spring. Stop Cap, it. Cap, Hugh. Cap. Yeah, listen. Especially you have, when you've got a handful of guys that have to transfer out for scholarship yeah, purposes. Yeah, like, get right, out yeah, of here. Yeah, you're yeah. narrowing it down. You're just not telling us, you know. And I like he's been, wearing that because it's cap. It's yeah. all cap. What he's talking about. He's been so strategic too with his messaging, specifically like with quarterbacks yep. about the whole growing up thing. And you know, I'm going to ask more. He doesn't say stuff just to say stuff right now. Like it's all intentional. There's all messaging behind he's sending, it. He's sending messages to guys. I think he sent a clear message to that quarterback room multiple times in the media about what he expects out of his SEC quarterback. But now he's sending positive messages. I mean, yep. think about what he said. He said, listen, uh, uh, no parking tickets. No, no, nobody was late coming back from spring break. We didn't have any of that. That's what he said at the press conference. And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, great. So now we're on. From the we're we're moving on from these off the field things and we're focusing on football and I think that's where any head coach wants to be you know for for practices in the spring practice. I'm with you. I'm with you. Other offensive linemen that have stood out to me. I mean Avery Jones continues to just blow me away. I mean just so physically impressive and whenever he takes a step forward, his feet are so wide. You're just not going to move him back, right. which is something that we haven't really been able to say in a minute at the center position, which is great. Mm, yeah, and listen. then. And then I, I love the I love the tackle situation with Wade and Britton. And I thought we'd see them switch more, and it mm. doesn't sound like they are. It sounds like they're all Gunner's always at right tackle, and Dylan's always at left tackle, mm. and that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, Dylan Wade is going to be a star on this offensive line. Uh, now I'll tell you, we had Cole Kublik come on the show and break down why Wade was going to be a star. He's looked at it. I trust his evaluations on this, but then when I got a chance to see him person for myself. You know, everything that he showed us and kind of revealed to us was confirmed. Uh, Dylan Wade is going to be a really, really good offensive lineman at Auburn University. Uh, uh, so he's got a chance to just um, – I think I think he has a chance, Zach, to be a top two-round draft pick. Mm. Dylan Wade great. can. Yeah, Dylan Wade can. So uh, to your point about earlier about the, the offensive line and, and them being – at least passing the eye test, a big part of that is Dylan Wade, right? And then you see like a young kid, Gunnar Britton, and there's a lot of potential on this offensive line. And then you get some leadership and some guys who have been there, Tate Johnson. Man, if they can put it together, Hugh Freeze is going to have a hell of a lot of fun in year one. I hope so. I certainly hope so. All right, there's a defensive player that is starting to solidify himself as, mm -hmm. I think, a starter. Mm -hmm. Mike G, get your thoughts on that in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. I got stopped twice at the Auburn baseball game this weekend. People stop me. They say, Zach, I recognized your hat. And I'm like, there's a lot of people wearing this hat. Like, not a lot, but I saw several people wearing this hat. And I'm like, well, you know where I got it from? And they're like, yes, but I just need you to say it. I just need you to say it. I'm like, I got it from Alumni Hall. I got it from Alumni Hall. And if you're, they're like, well, I'm in Atlanta. One of the one of the folks said, I'm in it. I, it was a nice gentleman and his daughter. Like we came in town for the day. We're from Atlanta. And I'm like, you know what? You go to alumnihall.com. There's no excuses. There's no excuses. We all need solid, legitimate, officially licensed Auburn gear. 
And you can get an Alumni Hall if you're in the Auburn, Opelika, or Huntsville communities or alumnihall.com. Strongly recommend it. They've got the best Auburn stuff out there. Thank you so much for Alumni Hall to partnering with Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Mike G of the War Report. <clears throat> Mario Tolan, consistently the starting linebacker for what we've seen. Sounds like in the first week, they rotated linebacker a ton based on people that I talked to that were uh, there for throughout spring, uh, the entirety of practice. You didn't see that as much earlier this week. It was pretty much Demario Tolan at linebacker. Yeah, uh, Demario Tolan is a guy that you and I have talked about a few times. Yeah, um, and I'll tell you, when he decided to transfer, LSU fans were in shambles. Yeah, they were upset, they which were is really always upset. a good sign. Always yeah. a good sign. Yeah, when they when they're like, yeah, we don't want him anyway. You know, it's one thing, uh, but this was something. This was a kid that. Uh, <laughs> They really had high hopes for, and uh, Demario Tolan has come in and he's kind of, he's bared that out. Um, now I'm hearing great things about work ethic. Mm. One of the hardest working guys on the team in the weight room. Love you it, and you know how I feel about the weight room. You're uh, a big fan. Yeah, big fan of guys who just take the weight seriously. And he's he's a guy who's super talented, but it's not resting just on his talent to get him by. He's come in and he's put in the work, and but you know, like he's fifth string trying to make it the first string right mm-hmm. that, that's the, that's the way he's working right now i think you're seeing the coaches are recognizing that which is why you're seeing him on the field so much uh, i'm with you man. i'm with you and it sounds like jeffrey Imbaugh continues to impress mm-hmm. jason jones continues to be solid yep marcus harris I, I hear good things about them and it sounds like elijah McAllister and um keldrick falk are getting a lot of the reps at um at jack which I think all that was predictable. So, but I think that's going to be your starting front. And then Demario Tolan. And then I have I go back and forth on I don't think they figured out that second linebacker spot yet. So yeah, I mean, well, look, we already know how much talent is in the secondary on this team, but they can figure out linebacker and that front, like we're talking about. Zach, you're talking about a defense that has the potential to be a top three defense in the SEC this year. Mm. With the guys that they have, I know that's a stretch, but I'm telling you, they let can me figure ask out you this. Let, let, let me ask you this: top three as far as just like total overall defense. product, or top three in like stats? Total defense. No way. Total defense. This can be a top three defense. Total no, defense. The schedule's too hard. Defense. No, the schedule's too hard. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, I get it, man, but it's hard for everybody. I'm telling you, as close as this team was in a bad year last year, and with any improvement on offense where they are improving time of possession for the, the, the time that the defense is spending on the field, I think, they, I think they've got a shot. So this is, this is more a comment about the whole team, uh, you know, and, and where sure. I feel like the whole team is going to be. So, But, you know, all, there's a causality to offense and defense, right? especially on offense when you're holding the ball and you're not putting your defense in bad positions. But I just think yeah. they have the, t- I, have, I think they have the talent to be a top three defense, I guess maybe is a better way to say it. I think they have the talent to be a top three defense, but we got to see what's going to happen at linebacker. So that's why DeMario Tolan is such a big part of that equation. Yeah. I think the defensive backfield has the talent to be a top three defensive backfield. I don't think they're a top three defensive line yet. I think that you would need, 
you would need three or four guys to really take a big step forward. I'm not saying that's not possible. Like Jeffrey Embaugh's got all the upside in the world. Marcus Harris could take a step forward. Sounds like Jason Jones is totally killing it. Sounds like he's a different player, which is right. all great. But I but, think that you could have a top three defense without a top three defensive line. So hear me out, right? Um, yeah, but but you need you need you need a dude. And like I don't know if you have a dude outside the defensive backfield right now. Okay, I mean that's fair. That's fair. You don't have a dude until you have it, a dude, though. Right? It, that's true. Like it could yeah. be Marcus Harris. Right. It could be Demario Tolan. It could be Jeffrey Emba. Like I think those are all positions that a dude could emerge. It could be Keldrick Falk. Like it totally could be. Right. But I'm just not total. I'm not. I'm not sold on that happening yet. And I think Auburn can win games without them being a top three defense. Yeah. I mean, listen. Again, they're they're. There, there are two kinds of dudes. There are dudes that were born dudes, like you. You just woke up and you were like, I was born this way, right? No, no, no. A dude, right? No, and no. Then, I am no then, dude. And then there are dudes who make themselves dudes through hard work and perseverance and, you know, through a lot of things that, you know, it. again, I, I just feel like I've seen guys through, through the time where I used to film for Auburn, I've seen guys who were not dudes coming out of high school. And they made themselves into dudes through hard work. They made themselves into dudes into draft picks through through hard work. And I see that on that team. So again, I'm projecting a little bit. And I understand where you're at when you're saying, but hey, isn't I'm not that, sure. Isn't that a little different now? Because I don't think you're gonna see as many dudes come here that aren't dudes, mm. to use your analogy, mm -hmm. and then slowly turn into dudes because you don't play when you're not a dude. Mm -hmm. And so you're gonna transfer. Right. And I just don't think you're gonna see that. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. About but, what? About what? Specifically? What am yeah, I wrong about? I, I, well, I just think about the, the overall potential of this defense, right? I think that, you know... We, we no, agree, I'm buying the potential. I just okay. don't think they're going to be a top three defense. All right. Well, That's I all. mean, we'll see. we'll see. We'll see. But again, those dudes on the defensive line and in the, uh, in the linebacker room, I just... I don't know. I just think they have the potential there to step up and surprise some people. And I'm I, concerned I, about pass rush. And well, I'm hope and I'm hoping fair. Ron Roberts's scheme helps the pass rush out for sure. But uh, and that will hurt lack of pass rush. I'm telling you will hurt the defensive backs no matter how good they are as well too. Right? I mean, because you can't get pressure and you leave your DBs on an island, it's going to hurt. I'm not. Dude, I'm not. We, I'm we've not seen this. That. We've seen this at Auburn for forever. We're like the best two players on our team are like pass rushing guys. I mean, I'm not talking about last year. I'm talking about it all the way back to like Carl Lawson. Right. And it's like. They I don't just get a lot of pressure. And it's just <laughs> like I feel like we should be getting more pressure than, than we I've always felt that way. So yeah, right. you know, maybe the irony of it is and like all just the, in Auburn fashion, like the year where we're not we don't have that. Maybe maybe the maybe the pass rush takes us up forward. I don't right. Know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Mike G, how can people find you, hear you, love you, watch you, subscribe to you? Uh YouTube, type the war report, subscribe, yeah. become a patron. That's it, guys. We're on War Report on every social media platform. Check us out everywhere. Yep. The War Report. Happy War Report Wednesday to everyone. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com. And we'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.